Welcome to this edition of the ASGE Journal Scan podcast series. Joining us today is Dr. Douglas Rex, the Editor-in-Chief of ASGE Journal Scan. In this segment, Dr. Rex will be discussing a study recently published online by gastrointestinal endoscopy called The Effect of Referral Pattern and Histopathology Grade on Surgery for Non-Malignant Colorectal Polyps. Welcome, Dr. Rex. Can you please tell us what this study is about? Yes, I can, Lori, and thank you. And hello, ASGE Nation. I selected this study because it gets at an issue that we've seen a lot of work done on in the last few years, which is basically that we don't have any decline going on in rates of surgery for benign colon pops in the United States. We've seen one study that showed it was increasing. We've seen a similar issue reported in the Netherlands. So we have all these improvements in endoscopic resection of benign lesions, advances in endoscopic mucosal resection, the increasing use of endoscopic submucosal dissection. But despite that, we are seeing persistent uh, high rates of surgery for benign colon polyps. And the problem with that is that we have several studies that have shown a consistent pattern that patients are more likely to die after surgical resection compared to endoscopic resection. They have substantially more morbidity and the cost is greater of doing uh, surgical resection. So the question is, what is going on? What is driving all this? Is it endoscopists referring too many patients? Is it surgeons who are doing colonoscopy and operating on their own patients? Is it uh, surgeons who are too eager to do benign surgery? What are the causes? That's, that's really what we don't know. So this is a single center U.S. study in which 315 patients with benign colorectal polyps were referred to the colorectal surgery department. Now, of these, 117 were then sent by the colorectal surgeons to the interventional endoscopist at the same institution. And basically, apparently, with the idea, here's a benign colon polyp, can you take it out and spare this patient surgery? Of those patients, 87.2% had their polyp resected endoscopically. Only 5% of them had invasive cancer. The recurrence rate after endoscopic resection was 27%, which is pretty typical of this. But obviously, a lot of these patients were able to avoid, avoid surgery. Now, this is one of the interesting things. If you look at the referrals to the colorectal surgery department, more than two-thirds of them were accounted for by gastroenterologists. So here's some evidence that gastroenterologists are part of the, the problem. What are the things that predicted that a patient would ultimately undergo surgical and not endoscopic resection of a benign polyp? Well, one of them is that the referral came from a gastroenterologist at the same academic health center as opposed to a gastroenterologist located outside that health center. A second one was the location of the lesion. Lesions that were in the proximal colon were more likely to be operated than were lesions in the distal colon. The, the factor that had the single highest odds ratio was a biopsy of the lesion that showed intramucosal adenocarcinoma on the pre-surgical uh, evaluation. So I think it's an interesting study because it starts to get at some of these underlying issues. 
Okay. And do you have any other thoughts that you'd like to add about this study? Well, yeah, I think, Lori, that, you know, there's some uh, interesting suggestions going on here. The first one is that, that gastroenterologists indeed are involved in this overuse of um, surgical resection. Because what we would like to see are these referrals going to interventional endoscopists as opposed to first going to uh, colorectal surgeons. So gastroenterologists are clearly a part of the problem. A second one is that the surgeons may be more reluctant to do these surgeries than uh, gastroenterologists might suspect. And I think something's going on here that, that is easy to understand from your own practice. Basically, if these polyps were referred by gastroenterologists from the same center, these are gastroenterologists that the surgeons trust and have worked with a lot. Probably their conclusion is, hey, you know, uh, this lesion can't be resected endoscopically, and they go ahead and proceed with surgery. Whereas when the referral comes from a gastroenterologist outside the center, then, you know, there is um, probably less familiarity with the gastroenterologist. They're not really sure if this lesion needs surgical resection. And so they refer it to their own interventional endoscopist. I think that's a really important observation because it suggests that surgeons aren't as eager to do surgery for benign colon polyps as, as we think. And in fact, maybe we need all of these lesions to be systematically referred by both GI doctors and uh, operating surgeons directly to interventional endoscopists. I think the other thing that is important here is this high odds ratio of lesions with intramucosal adenocarcinoma being referred to surgery because it suggests that there are a fair number of physicians that don't understand the significance of intramucosal adenocarcinoma. I think this term is a terrible, terrible term, and it's really unfortunate that pathologists continue to use it. Clearly, there is a morphologic change histologically that many pathologists feel compelled to call intramucosal adenocarcinoma, but what we have to remember as treating physicians is that the clinical definition of colon cancer is submucosal invasion. And a lesion that has intramucosal adenocarcinoma does not have submucosal invasion. And it does not meet the definition clinically of colon cancer. It is therefore a benign lesion. If it is resected endoscopically completely, there is no chance that the patient is going to have a metastasis to a lymph node or residual uh, disease in the bowel wall. And this, of course, is different than the situation in the esophagus and the stomach, where there actually is a chance with intramucosal cancer that a lymph node could be involved, but that's not true in the colon. So that by itself should not, not be, it should never be an indication for surgical resection. And I think it's critical that both endoscopists and surgeon understand that. So Really, we've been given several important hints here about factors that can underlie the uh, continued use of, of surgery for colon polyps, and I think some hints about how we can develop uh, systems potentially that can counter these underlying mechanisms. So it's a really interesting paper.
Great. Well, thank you so much for all this information and for joining us today. Thank you, Lori.